regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to Regular Features. Regular Features. Regular Features. The podcast that's the same every week. <laughs> if you can't already tell, it's me and Steve. I'm Joe, and we're out of ideas. Because uh, no one else could be bothered to turn up. And Two weeks on the trot. We've talked, well, for you, yeah. For me, yeah. But we've talked about this before. We have a peculiar thing where we will talk to each other, but as we talk to each other, there's an increasing sort of fear in both of our eyes that we don't know when to stop or if we should have done it already. And I feel it now. You look panicked. I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, God. Just tell me what you're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about my trip to Bang & Olufsen in Copenhagen. Well, I'm going to talk about the fact that I saw a guy doing a little something on a tube that made me want to talk to him some more. Uh, and if we're lucky enough to be graced with his incorporeal additions... Gav will also be here talking about something. But Remote he'll... feature from Gav Murphy. He might just delete this, so this is a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, but first, I'd love to talk to you about sticking a sun up your asshole, please. Ooh, squirty, squirty, you squirty, birty. Ooh, squirty, squirty, you dirty, birty. This is not my feature, but did you see? Have you seen the new? Uh, hip, like yogi trend. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> sunning, sunning your asshole. Annoyingly, I think that was just kicking off when we were going to record on Monday, so I'd saved it as like, yeah. this is going to be a fun chat. Right. Uh, and, and now it's cool. everywhere. It's like yeah. the coolest thing in the world. Mm. I think if you make a good enough joke now, because it must have been a joke the first time. I had heard of it before. Had you? Before now, yeah. The, the sunning of the of the asshole and taint. Because the only reason I clicked on it was I once did a very just passable live feature on butt chugging. Mm -hmm. And someone described this as butt chugging the sun. Which, <laughs> re I, I would, that's the quickest I've clicked on anything for ages. It's like, butt chugging the sun. Yeah. Was it just one person who says it's fashionable now and everyone's decided that it is? Is it like that Japanese horror bird person where the actual <laughs> scandal and fear and horrified response yeah. is the meme? Yeah. And the 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 origin, the seed of it the, is just is just entirely made up. Yeah, this is it. Metaphysical Megan. Perineum sunning. For the past few weeks, I have included sunning my bum and yoni, which I don't like as a term. A yoni? Oh, is that for a vagina? It is. For a, a, well, for, a vulva. for a vulva. We're both so woke. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Into my daily rising routine. Many of you have been asking about the benefits of this practice. Does that mean she's done loads? 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole. She is the Yeah, is the equivalent of a full day of sunlight with your clothes on. <laughs> What? 30 seconds. Is it like if you pipette some vodka into your ass, you get drunk really quickly? Yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's it's a- <laughs> except with vitamin D from the sun. Exactly, delicious D. <laughs> an enema, a sunlight enema. This is an ancient Taoist practice that's been around for a while. <laughs> that's, that's as good a history lesson as you're getting. <laughs> Things I've noticed personally in my reality since in my reality since I've implemented this. And this makes I don't get proper direct sunlight into any window in my house, mm-hmm. which leaves me feeling morose a lot of the time. Really. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the kind of thing you can never look out for when you're checking the place out. So when I can first I, came can in, I stand here for 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> the first time I went in, the front windows felt really sunny, and I was like, "Great, I'm going to wake mm-hmm. up to that." Never happens. I think it was one day ever. Goodness. But apparently, you should try it. Have you got a balcony uh, in your new I, place? I do. It, oh, it overlooks a busy train station. <laughs> yes. So if you could. Uh, sun your perineum for 30 seconds 30 seconds, do it between trains I mean, and see if you get this if anything like 30 seconds is too short once I've like stripped down that's a really good point lying on my back, my ass is pointed into the air mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a fucking stopwatch on I'm going to be there for the next 20 minutes I'm just going to stick them up in the air and I'm going to listen to a, an episode of Adam Buxton <laughs> <laughs> and really get some sun on that asshole <laughs> just me on the, on the balcony legs Pointed up in the air, going. <laughs> Presumably, your asshole would burn more easily. Mine would burst into flames like <laughs> yeah. a vampire. Yeah, so maybe thirty seconds is what's advisable because maybe you'll come away and you'll be like, just a tingle in your asshole. Yeah, like when you first start lifting, which I don't do, but I've heard happens. You the get burn. a little, you the get next a burn. Day, you feel the burn, but. You know, you could get surges of energy almost immediately. So you could check you could check that tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> You'll catapult <laughs> yourself off the balcony. <laughs> yeah, you get out with such force that you fall over the Juliet. <laughs> like Mario's just got an invincibility star. <laughs> well, you get better sleep as well. So what? You sun yourself for thirty seconds. But chug some sun, and then that night you're like, oh, I'm sleeping Whoa, really good. I'm it's come straight sleeping. up my butt <laughs> and into my brain. <laughs> Better connection to my sexual energy and control of my life force. I think that's just because you're... That is inherently a sexy thing to do. Mm. Legs up in the air, getting it right on the bum. Yeah, just thinking about all that sunlight yeah. lapping at your balls. Exactly. Someone... Yeah, exactly. Big... Daddy sun's down there. <laughs> the sun has got his hat off. <laughs> you know, that song's very racist. Oh, is it? The second verse is pretty bad. Oh. Uh, so much creativity flowing through my life. Mm-hmm. Two exclamation marks. Attracting my desires and intentions with ease. Don't know what, what that means. Well, she desired to point her asshole towards the sky, and she got that. And attracting soul tribe and people who are on the same frequency and wavelength as me. Because if you go up to someone and say, I put sun on my arsehole for 30 seconds every morning, they will likely run away. And any who don't are your soul tribe. <laughs> Those who are left behind. That's not, how, that's not how attraction works. Oh yeah, there we go. I'm spending a maximum of five minutes in the morning doing this. So right. 30 seconds to five minutes. Mm-hmm. I'd really like you to try it and report back. Um, I am actually going to to attempt this. Yeah? Okay. I probably won't go out on the balcony because even though it is sunny, mm-hmm. 
it um, the wind chill brings it down to about <laughs> minus three degrees. <laughs> And also, actually, in this low light period of the of the year, you really need to be out there at noon, like re- lunch break. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd have to because the sun never gets very high in the sky. Mm. I'd need to not point my ass so much vertically, but just spread my cheeks horizontally towards the canary wolf. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if? What about moon moonlight on the butt? That, that Does it do all the opposite things? It have the opposite effect. You, you stay yeah. up all night. You can no longer sleep. All your friends, all the people who would hate you for the sun thing, love you now. <laughs> They're all back in. They're like, this moon ass. You can't think of any ideas. <laughs> yeah. you're, an, you're a friend-rich, idea, empty person. Yeah, no creativity. Yeah, you basically turn into... Asexual. A, a guy from The Shining. Also, have you seen the position they take to do this? It looks uncomfortable. It does. And she's on a rock as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rock. That's a To a hard place. <laughs> she's a rock a and good... a soft place. Yeah, that's not a good reference from me. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about sticking your ass in the sun. Um, for science, I will do it. I'm going to do it um, in indoors with the sun coming through. Okay through glass does it oh does it need to be direct like an unbroken line of sight between the burning ball of hydrogen gas in space and my little pink ass <laughs> I f- your little sun emoji that you're showing to it I, well i think if you can get burned underwater by the sun mm. then it's gonna make short work of glass and even shorter work of your soft man flesh. Be like a greenhouse effect. They haven't really accounted for the fact that in a man's position, you would presumably have to sort of hike up the balls. Yeah. Like on onto the... I'm going to call it the soft palate. <laughs> so you've got them. Because she specifically says perineum sunning. It's not yep. just asshole and yoni. It's everything in between. That's the true. The highway. Because um, I, yeah, my my balls would would obscure a portion of my taint. Yeah, in that position. And I like to think most people's would. Yeah, I'm... not if you. Ah, oh, that's how you do it. You'd go out in the cold. You oh, get yeah. on your cold balcony, recede and receive. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a yogi way of it putting is. it. Yeah. So yeah, everything will shrivel up to the size of a, a cashew and a little <laughs> hacky sack. And then the taint, the taint is there yeah, for the sun for to, the taking, for the taking. <laughs> Come at me, son! Come at me, bro! I'm cold as fuck and I'm ready. I want to get creative. I need a good night's sleep, <laughs> please, and some good ideas for, for a book I'm writing. And this is apparently the best idea I can have. <laughs> You like a regular feature too. Regular vanilla feature too. Malfunction. Malfunction. Steve, have you ever had Hmm. a missed connection on the tube or public transport of any kind? Uh, define, Define a missed connection. The kind of thing where you look at someone for long enough and convince yourself that there's a future for you with them, despite them being an absolute stranger to you. So I think I'd do that 
every day. Do you? With everyone. Oh, I thought you were going to say with one, with one person. particular person. Well, I think what makes it a misconnection is when you write a creepy letter to the Metro. Yes. I think, uh, it, to me, I think the misconnection is only good enough if you then are forced by sheer lust or love mm-hmm. to write about them to strangers and advertise that fact yeah have you ever done it it's entirely i haven't done i haven't i haven't written to anyone about it i've put up but i have just internalized um very strong romantic feelings towards complete strangers dozens of times a day who's the latest recipient of your unrequired love uh, the man who held the door open for me at the bottom really? of the stairwell of my office just now. Wow. Yeah. So it's I only saw the side of his face as well. But Jesus. I thought what if what if we died together? <laughs> what if we left now? And <laughs> started a new life. That would be quite good. I mean, it would be annoying for recording purposes. So I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. I'm glad you gave up on that love. Um but I recently had a missed connection. Oh yeah. Uh, and I looked up all the different missed connection columns in all of London. Mm-hmm. Missed connections, rush hour crush, delayed reaction, subterranean love, platform peepers, bus number 69 to Gooch Street, <laughs> Grundle Trundle, you'll be porking by barking, the third nail, and Bob Crow's big doink shop. <laughs> But I settled on Rush Hour Crush because I think it's the most famous now. Yeah, yeah. The Metro's Rush Hour Crush, which is now branded as a lust thing. Like, it's not even guarded about the fact that this isn't about oh, enduring love. It's like, kiss it. It's a hookup. <laughs> yeah, it's a hookup thing. app. They've yeah. just seen Tinder and they've lost their damn minds. Yeah. Um, and the thing I like about Rush Hour Crush is it's not just write us a little missive. It separates all your the the facets of the crush into different sections. So mm-hmm. it's describe your crush, and then it's when and where did you see your crush. Then what would you like to tell them, and then give yourself a name or a description. Oh, so, so it really segments out the idea of you thought you're, it through. This is when you're submitting a rush hour crush. Yes, and then I think okay. they they condense it. Some unpaid intern has to turn it into exactly thirty words of copy. Yeah. But I like that because it really gives you uh, room to breathe. Mm. Except if you're me, because I tried to write one in and it was too long. <laughs> and fuck if I'm making this smaller. So I'm just going to read it here and hopefully my misconnection will remember me. Or be listening to the podcast. I think so. This is what I have to say to him. I'm describing him now. The first thing I noticed about you was that you were new. I think I've seen almost everyone on my current commute. I know all the key players. There's the man with the greyhound that wears more fashionable coats than he does. And the woman who smiles at you once you get to Hackney Downs and then says weirdly aggressive things like, Are you getting off at this stop or not? And the fat old man with Professor Wito's hair that smells of the back of a vintage shop and scowls at everyone and always puts his bag in the middle seat of three like a stupid prick. But you... You were a nondescript young businessman with a salmon shirt and auburn hair and faraway thoughts in his eyes. A shot of vibrant youth in this grey-flecked ride. After I noticed you, the second thing I noticed was that your belt, rather than being fed through hungry moss-bross belt loops, was inexplicably (laughs) draped over your leg. 
How whimsical, how coquettish, I found myself thinking. This man was so busy, so businessy, that he didn't even have time to put on his belt and wanted to show the world. It felt like a warning, a challenge. I am not to be trifled with, said the belt. This man's trousers could fall down at any moment and you'd better not laugh because there'd be a very good reason for it, let me tell you. The third thing I noticed about you was that your shirt had rucked up a little bit, exposing your belly button. It was like someone had pushed their bleached anus up against a ship's porthole. <laughs> like someone made quicksand out of Strawberry Angel Delight and put a photograph of it under your shirt. A forbidden little wink of skin that drew the eye, like some kind of bizarre magnet just for eyes. <laughs> I couldn't look away. Where and when did you see your crush? It was on the 807 train from Chingford to Liverpool Street two Thursdays ago. You were sitting across from me in those weird seat formations of five you only ever see on overground trains, where it looks like one of the seats has just been put in the aisle by accident or as a weird joke to confuse foreigners. You and the man I assume is your business colleague were whispering to each other. I was amazed to see that your colleague was none other than dickhead Professor Wito. I wonder what you were whispering about. Business, probably. He's your boss, probably. I bet he runs a weird, creepy business, like clown shoe manufacturer, or someone who turns children's used shirts into keep cups. You kept leaning over Professor Wito's massive shit bag in the middle seat, and it only accentuated the sheer nudity of your navel, opening the alien gateway to this skin wormhole. Unable to concentrate on my daily games of Picross Luna 2, which is very good, I tumbled down that wormhole for the entire 14 minutes of my commute. I was transported out of my broken-springed, burnt-orange seat and back through time, past all of what that belly button must have seen, from the inside of business shirts to the inside of t-shirts, all the way back to when the kindly doctor twisted up your chopped-up baby gut pipe and gave you an innie. A true act of charity when compared to its grotesque cousin, the outie. And that's when you really started to catch my attention. And then it says, what would you like to tell them? You should really stop sticking your finger in your belly button and wiggling it around. It's fucking disgusting. Like, you did it once, and I thought it was a bit fucking brazen for a packed commuter train, but everyone gets an itch now and then, and you did have the seemingly unexpected benefit of a shirt that opened in just the right place. Get the finger in, give a little scritch, and get it out. Precision. Militaristic scratching. I'd, I'd respect that. No one denies you that right, and no one should. But then you did it again while staring almost too intently at your phone as if you were trying to distract yourself as much as anyone else you swooped your finger in and gave it a 360 twirl around the inside of your own body like you were tony hawk on the lip of one of his famous skating bowls except the bowl was made of soft meat and tony hawk was just a big finger now <laughs> worst after the circumnavigation you just left it in there for a while in broad daylight a man with his finger in his belly button the very idea of it you stopped, and I breathed a sigh of relief. The spell was broken. But seconds later, you went back again. And again. I'd wager you spent more time with a finger inside yourself than not in that journey. You swapped fingers and everything. You used them all. You indexed that shit. You flipped the bird and stuck it in a sweaty new nest. You put a ring on it and popped a whole pinky in that pink hole. You probably wanted to suck your thumb without the potential need for braces, but that might have been a tad obvious even for you, you fucking weirdo. I would like to tell you, wherever you are, for the love of God, to stop and tell Wito to fuck off and all. Give yourself a name or description that will help identify you. 
I'm the man who couldn't stop looking at your belly button and kept flicking his eyes up to see if you were going to suck the juices off your finger or something, <laughs> but was too obvious about it so that you had that weird animal instinct that you were being watched. So you flicked your eyes to the right and met my eyes, and then I had to pretend I was actually looking out of the window behind you, like Tottenham Marshes are somehow the thing that makes me look like I'm going to be sick, instead of the man <laughs> digging at his tummy like there's something stuck in the back of it, like you had an earwig in there nipping away at your soft inside meat. I am the man who looked like he was going to vomit. I want to fuck you so bad. <laughs> Call me baby. It's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's been to see Bang and Olufsen in Copenhagen. The men themselves. The men, the mysteries, the maestros of music. <laughs> they Speaker are good at it. Speaker manufacturer oh, and yeah. consumer electronics brand Bang and Olufsen. They make things that look like ovals on sticks a lot of the time as far as I understand it. Yeah, things that you look at it and you say, what the fuck is that? That's an egg on a plinth. That's not a speaker. (laughs) That's some sort of basket holding goo. What is it? (laughs) And they say, it's actually... Olufsen. Olufsen. He's in there waiting. (laughs) Please don't speak about him around him. He does not like it. He hates being goo. It was a mistake. (laughs) He's very rich and this just happens. I, I'm just going to tell you a story about um, about my trip to see Bang and Olufsen. Please do. Uh, they've got a new television. It's called the BioVision Harmony. Um, it, it, they've had it for a while, but they've got a, a different a different inch version of it now. Oh, wow. I think it's a 65 inch diff inch. It was one of the more obscene lifestyle journalists. Was it? Things I did. I like that this podcast increasingly is a way to sort of keep you clean, like confession. (laughs) You come in and go, it was amazing. And isn't that gross? (laughs) They um, put me in Addison Lee from Mm -hmm. my house to Gatwick, flew me over to Copenhagen, Mm -hmm. uh, took me to a concept hotel that they part own, and put me in a hotel room with a load of Bang & Olufsen products and said, okay, this is, um, you can just test everything out now. We're going to leave. <laughs> and it's like, right, so I'll, just, I'll just listen to some music on this, on the Bioplay 1. This sounds like they go into the next hotel room and watch you through a painting. <laughs> this was what I was, I was worried <laughs> yeah. about that. I did check all the paintings to make sure their eyes didn't move left and right like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Uh, so I just, I put Netflix on the, uh, the big TV. Mm-hmm. I flicked around. I found Bird Box, and I hadn't seen Bird Box before. Yeah. I thought, that's the film that everyone was talking about a lot, which mm-hmm. gave everyone the impression that it was a good film. Yes. Because everyone was talking about it. People mm. don't talk about things that aren't anything other than perfectly <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> yes, that's fair. <laughs> so I put, I just put that on. And Bird I Box thought, on your bang. Bird box on my bang and all of some yeah. Biovision, and then I just got into bed. I thought, oh my, oh. what time was it? It was like two in the afternoon. Ah, oh, you lavish bastard! Like John Lennon. And I watched Bird Box, 
until 30 times <laughs> until they told me to get out um but then i i fell asleep mm-hmm. in bed while while i was doing, doing a product doing demonstration a review. reviewing this tv because <laughs> i was very sleepy i've been up early mm-hmm. to catch the plane and i woke up bird box had finished I don't know what happened to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and it's all thanks to the BioVision. <laughs> the BioVision's incredible range it's and so clarity of base yeah. lulled me mm-hmm. to a very peaceful afternoon's sleep. That's lovely. Um, then I woke up confused. They took me to a restaurant... I ate some food. I had to eat with some speakers. <laughs> That's just shaped like an iPhone fork. And they kept piping dinner music at me. But I was really excited. I thought I would tell you about um, some of the other products that they had. Mm. In fact, one product in particular. Okay. Which I thought was the most curious <clears throat> product in the room yeah at the time i kept coming back to it's like that is a that's an odd <laughs> thing to include okay in a hotel room it's kind of creeping me out because it was a speaker with teeth <laughs> <laughs> and this is the blurb right bang and olufsen has partnered with denmark's top dental hygienists to produce this chatty little speaker which boasts a set of real human teeth <laughs> and when we say boasts we really mean it This speaker will not stop talking about how great it feels to have human teeth. And when you ask it to play music from Spotify, it will simply turn to you and practice voiced dental fricatives with (laughs) phrases like, I am thinking of the thorny thunder. I am thinking of a thousand thorny thunders. (laughs) Delivery of your speaker could not be more simpler. (laughs) There's no need. Look, it's written by Danes. There's no need to struggle with cumbersome packaging. The speaker will simply bite its way out of the box in the middle of the night and then use its massive teeth to drag itself across your floor until it's at the foot of your bed, where it will nibble on the corner of your duvet as you sleep. When you wake up, the speaker is gone and your duvet is a little bit wet where the speaker had been biting it. Now, look out into the garden. See anything you recognize? That's right. It's your speaker, and it's found the bird feeder. But its teeth aren't strong enough to bite through the wire cage, so it dangles there like a hungry tea bag. (laughs) The birds and the squirrels keep their distance, certain that if they ventured too close, the speaker may take a bite out of them. Teeth speaker, the latest innovation from Bang and Olufsen. Get ready for it. You didn't order one, but it's coming anyway. We've debited your account by £459 for the special edition that's just all molars and strong enough to crush a sparrow. (laughs) It it doesn't play music. It's teeth. (laughs) It doesn't play music. It's teeth. That's the the tagline. Very strong. That's a strong marketing pitch. That would be enough for me. To at least look it up. If I saw that on a billboard. They do innovate. Yeah, absolutely. B&O. Craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. Design. Enamel. (laughs) (laughs) Human enamel. (laughs) I'd love to know, because, you know, there's all the the repetitive chat about rare earth metals. Mm. Just get rid of them. Harvest some teeth from your slaves. That's so much easier. Foxconn people 
when they land in those nets. Get whoink, the teeth. Teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, there's that famous phrase, right? Nothing's rarer than teeth. <laughs> that is a very famous phrase because yeah. you only get so many. Yeah, something. There is a phrase similar to that, isn't there? Uh, hen's hen's teeth. teeth. Yeah. There's nothing rarer than hen's teeth, but second to that, all, all other, other teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually pretty rare too. <laughs> it is, isn't it bonkers, right? We don't have to include this. This is science corner. Okay. Our heads just have rocks in them. Because that's what teeth are, right? They're like cool rocks. Yeah. And they come in different shapes. It's like you've got a collection. It's like a Panini sticker album. <laughs> I can count I... them and go, I've got the full set. i got to keep my wisdom teeth and everything. Did you? No. So I've got basically got shinies. <laughs> that's how it works. Shinies. Yeah, evolution at some point. Like we were all just like worms, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we looked exactly the same, but we acted like worms. <laughs> and evolution was like... Mm. This is gross. Oh, this <laughs> These is not... people are gross. I really want to be able to crush things. And the first worm landed on a calcium rock. Yeah. And it got its teeth and evolution went, good on you. <laughs> have I'll, more. I'll have 58 more of those or yes. however many teeth there are in humans. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of teeth. And now for a special extra feature from Gav, if he can indeed be asked. Go Gav. <laughs> That's my enthusiastic. Yeah, I liked it. Go Gav. Go on, Gav. Go on. Do that. Hello, readers. It's me, Gav. Um, I couldn't get to podcast with the guys this week got quite a lot of stuff at work going on um and we just couldn't make it work unfortunately annoyingly um but i was chastised heavily by uh by steve he's actually the sort of mean one of the group and he was like you better fucking pull something out your ass murphy or you're done um so what i thought i would do is tell you a little story about how I once used Secret Santa for revenge. Um, Christmas is coming up. Maybe some of you are already involved in Secret Santas. And you're thinking, hmm, it is a nice thing. How can I turn it into revenge? Uh, So I'll just tell you a little bit about what I did. Um, But basically, I used to work with this guy who is a northern fella. And he had quite antiquated views um, on certain uh, people of certain races. Um, and I used to have to put up with this quite a lot. And I kind of, I don't know, because I, I was new to the job and I kind of let a lot of stuff <laughs> kind of go. Um, and I just kind of ignored him because he would say some stuff. And then I'd just be like, it's just not worth getting into an argument with him because I'll get into an argument. I either end up chinning him or and losing my job or just walking out. Which like I always and now I'm completely changed. I was like anytime said anybody does even sniffs the wrong way, I'll fucking get in their face about it. But I don't know. I kind of let it go and go and go. And then on one day, I just flipped out. And it was a day where there was a new there was a news story on like BBC Lancashire um, about some woman who was like close to here, where he used to live, and essentially. 
it was one of those stories that was like, woman gets told she can't hang St. George's Cross. And he just saw the headline and was just like, Gav, it's a fucking disgrace. This woman is not allowed to hang. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good accent, but I'm going on with it. This woman's not allowed to hang uh, St. George's Cross because of the fucking Muslims, Gav. And I was like, mm, I, I don't think Muslims care about that, mate, I'll be honest. I don't think, like, every Muslim person I've ever met has been a legend. Um, and none of them have ever brought up flags with me. Um, he's like, it's a fucking disgrace, Gav. She can't even have the flag of St. George because the fucking Muslims won't let her have it. And I was like, Adam, I, oh, that's his name, fucker. I was like, I just don't care, mate. I, like, I, I don't think that that is what's going on in that story. But I also don't want to engage with you about it because you're a fucking moron. And uh, he sort of thought I was joking. But he was like, it's a, just a fucking disgrace. You can't do fuck all because of them now. And I was like, I could feel myself getting more and more annoyed. I was like, I'll read this story, right? I read the story. And basically what it was, it was an old lady who kept hanging like a bunting, St. George's Cross bunting um, from one uh, lamppost to another in this street. And it kept falling onto cars because she wasn't putting it up properly. Um and what was happening, so the council just like stopped her multiple times from doing this and was just like, right now we're actually issuing a, a legal order that you've got to stop hanging this fucking bunting because it's, it's actually caused a crash. Um, but what he took from that was Muslims were stopping uh, this lady from have, hanging a St. George's cross. So I read a story, and I and he was like, it's a fucking disgrace. I was like, no, it, one time in that story does it mention anyone of any race. Like, the only thing it mentions is this woman is an idiot and has caused a crash. And he's like, but it's not, though, Gav. You've got to read between the lines, mate. We're journalists. you got to read. And I was like, I'm reading between the lines. And you're a fucking prick. And it was like a silence in the newsroom. I was like, and I was like I've got to walk away, mate, because... Otherwise, I'm going to fucking chin you because you're a racist. That's just what it is. And that was the end of that particular thing. But then I found out that this guy had written, uh, like, in at university, he went to a journalist, uh, journalist university, and I'd found out that this guy had written, um, like, a bunch of people on that, uh, course had been commissioned by some like essentially if you've seen the uh, peep show when Mark gets uh, a, a publishing deal from British London it's essentially that like a, a publishing house that wrote sort of uh, books about sports people that are basically pamphlets um, and like cost three quid in the works or pound stretcher and stuff they basically commissioned all these journalists to write them on particular English football people and he'd been commissioned to write one and we found this out um, and he was quite embarrassed about it because it, the, all the reviews um, on uh, all the reviews on Amazon were just absolutely scathing of this book because it was like it went out and I mean it was about 85 pages long so calling it a book is quite uh, generous but I found out that he'd written this book and I thought how can I how can I really take the piss in and I thought I'll just get everyone I know to write Amazon reviews of it but I thought no nah, I don't really want to do that because that kind of makes a mockery of the Amazon thing so what I did do and he he really didn't want anyone to know that he'd written this book either um, so what I managed to do I bought I would say about 40 copies of it 
And I managed to, we did a big secret Santa at work. And I managed to convince, because everyone, I should say, at this workplace as well, felt the same way about this boy as I did. So what I did was, and everyone at Secret Santa at this place was quite a big thing. So everyone would like gather and open up presents in front of each other. So what I managed to convince 40 people to do was to give their give this book as their secret Santa present. So when we all came, so, um, so I bought all these things. I managed to convince people to wrap it up as their secret Santa present. And then when we were all gathered to do it one by one, people were like, oh, I've got uh, this book. And they open it up and like it's, it was, I won't tell you the name of the book because it's not very nice, but like the name of the person, name of the football star, the name of the book by this fella. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, ha, ha. very, very funny with the first one. Then the second one and then the third one. And then like, I think by like the 20th book, people were just like, people were just like, this is, this is weird now. But it's like, obviously there was 40 of them to unwrap. Um, and uh, it, it, I, I never regretted anything, but it was a very, very sour atmosphere. And it almost like flipped around that everyone thought it was the person who bought all the books was being mean then. Um, which I, I don't think that's right, because I, I feel like if he felt a little bit bad, then, I mean, it's not as bad as calling, like being horrible to a whole race of people, is it? So, um, but yeah, it, I mean, I remember that day and the tone and atmosphere of the office wasn't very nice. And that's how I made Secret Santa a vessel for revenge. Um, yeah, I thought that was really, really good. So hopefully you enjoyed that story. Hopefully maybe you can learn something from it and employ it in your workplace and uh, cause a really disgusting atmosphere there as well. Thank you very much. I'll pass you back to the boys. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Red Beach Bucket. I love it. I'm My favourite rocket. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Regular Peaches Podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had a wonderful time with Joe. It's almost like we aren't abandoned by our regular features friends. No. For two weeks running. Because we've got well, you've been abandoned by your regular features friends yeah. for two weeks running. I've just come in this week as the I don't want to say ritual sacrifice to the, to the <laughs> fucking yawning doom that is talking to you for a while. <laughs> but I did. Someone's got to. Someone's, someone's got to be the go. Aztec young'un who gets up on the altar and gets fucked up by whatever the teeth thing was. <laughs> oh, I thought you liked the teeth thing. Yeah, loved it, mate. Don't oh. worry about it. Hey, if you did love Matt, the teeth if you're thing. fucking not here next week, I'm quit. <laughs> I'm quit. <laughs> I feel like I'm an elderly relative. You're like, oh, Steve's. You better go see Steve. Just, yeah. He still thinks we do that podcast yeah. called Regular Features. <laughs> and you know, when he does die, he'll be really sad that yeah. you were the last one not to see him. If you do love teeth, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and that's where you can donate your teeth to us we're hungry for your teeth but if you don't want to give us your teeth you can give us your money oh yeah that's what i say when i mug people (laughs) give me your teeth or failing that your money (laughs) your teeth or your money (laughs) sir i'd like to shout out some recent patrons oh please do uh tell me about the teeth of the of these people okay 
Kieran Winter. They stink. Joe Michael. They also stink. Mega Slippers. Mm. Clean? Mega Slippers has asked for more Zim Bing Bang Boy. Even more. It's every second feature <laughs> <know>. from Log. <laughs> it's, I actually think at some point Log will write a big boy's book. Like an anthology. Like, kind of, um, you know, what's that? Like Lord of the Rings, didn't he do like a glossary? Oh, yeah, the <laughs> or like a history. That yeah, like a big poetry. Boring as hell. I thought it was going to be more like orcs doing some like fighting and stuff. Yeah. It's like the Bible. Exactly. Like, I want the Bible of big boys. Yeah, the, <laughs> I want everything from, and if I am remembering my big boys right, the, the like, pub club that they were in once yeah. to the fact that they're now a space station and God's there. <laughs> yeah, the proto big boy. That Honestly, that's, that story is fascinating if you actually look it up. Logs thought it all through. There, there should be a big boy wiki. Yeah. In which like, we can slowly sort of flesh out the big boy universe. Zim bing bag wiki. I would love that. Make it, please. Finally, Victoria Hayward. Um, sharp, one too sharp. big tooth, one coming big out long... her ass. Whoa, sun it. <laughs> Get some sun on that tooth, baby. <laughs> that sounds like something that you'd be shouted at from a construction site and not really know what. <laughs> Get some sun on that tooth. Um, okay, <laughs> that's all the people who won't be paying us come next week. I nearly choked. Mm. Oh, what a lovely time. We should go now. Yeah. I'm going to a party. Uh, I'm going back to work. No, come to the pie. No, I might join you afterwards. That's not going to happen, is it? No, That's I'm the not kind even of dressed thing. for it. You don't I need to be dressed at... for it. I just dressed up because I felt like it would be nice to dress up today. <sighs> and as soon as I came in, my boss said, you'll dress up. I was like, oh, great. I hate when people say that. I, just, saw you, I saw you looked real nice, but I didn't, I didn't want to say, oh, you look fancy. Yeah, I've dressed because all, it makes you... mostly in brown today. <laughs> it's the fanciest colour. <laughs> it's this season's nice colour. It's very refined. Mm. Well, in either case, we both need to leave. Yes, we do. So we should. One of us should stop talking. Oh. Zero.